0: Welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly podcast from the
1: Financial Times on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and all attention this week is on emerging markets, from the trauma in the Argentine peso to the big Turkish lira decline and the wider sell-off in the currencies of Brazil and South Africa, in Russia and Poland and many others. The questions that are on investors' lips are these. How much further can this EM sell-off go? Is anywhere in emerging markets immune? and what does it say about emerging market economic fundamentals worrying about all these questions this week is our guest Simon Kihana-Evans he's the EM strategist at Legal and General Investment Management Simon we should Begin at the beginning, as it were, the start of the week, and that was the Argentine peso uh, and the efforts by the government and by talking to the IMF to arrest the decline. To some extent, they succeeded. But is it a temporary reprieve? It's
2: looking quite difficult and I think that the time frame the IMF provided Argentina with, in other words these six weeks is simply too long uh, they need yeah. to cut that down to, to about two to three weeks I was saying, come out with some news uh, Friday they have the meeting between the board, board the IMF board and the IMF staff uh, so that should get things going uh, but we ne- definitely need to see something, some news coming out uh, earlier than rather than later.
1: Let's go back to basics for those listeners who are not so fait with, uh, with the intricacies of EM. I mean, was the Argentine peso up for a sell-off? Did it, uh, did, or did it take people by surprise? We're going back a few months I suppose, and, and the actions of the central bank?
2: I think what did take people by surprise, especially on the markets, is the reaction of locals. Uh, locals uh, started to panic about a week or, or so ago, uh, and this drove sentiment, uh, usually it's the foreign investors who, who drive the sentiment, but let's face it, I mean, about 60% of, of the debt uh, uh, even the hard currency debt is owned, and owned by locals in some way or another. So I think that, that is really a driver. But if we go back, I don't know, several weeks or even about 12 to 18 months, then this was, uh, to a certain extent, a crisis in coming once we see the dollar turn around. And let's not forget that the dollar turn around is, is the fundamental issue here for emerging markets. So. I think what happened was that the central bank wasn't independent enough in Argentina in its decision-making process, uh, and the government was trying to have it both ways by uh hiking ra- hiking wages as trade unions wanted, and on the other side, asking the central bank to hold back with rates. You can't have it both ways.
1: Uh, inflation will give at some stage. Okay. Um, running in parallel with the Argentine peso decline was the Turkish lira and the visit by President Erdogan to London this week and some pretty eyebrow-raising comments he had about interest rates, which was a, a contributor to the lira's sell-off. Is that right? I
2: think most investors were actually surprised to see the president come to London to tell everybody, well, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Forget about, forget about central bank independence. I'm going to take over monetary policy uh, after I win the uh, elections in June. So this was uh, a decreasing independent of the central bank and I think what we have to do looking forward or looking ahead is to see if there is some sort of a way for the markets for foreign investors to find um a solution to this issue because it's very clear the leadership in Turkey doesn't like interest rates and uh but the other the other side of the flip side of the coin is that uh bonds are uh priced with yields, interest rates, whatever you want to call it. So we need to find some sort of a solution to this. There's not enough di- dialogue, I don't think, between the markets and the leadership in Turkey. Uh, looking ahead, this is definitely needed.
1: Otherwise, we're going to see the the lira slip further. Right. So Argentina and Turkey, both of them have local issues. But as you said earlier, it's the broader dollar strength, the, the the rising treasury yields, which is contributing to this sense of why do I need to buy up EM government bonds when my, the yield I can get is so much stronger? And that's pushing the dollar higher. So I'm just trying to widen this out, Simon, to discuss what is broadly going on, because we've had currencies like the Polish Zloty, where growth is at 4.6%. And that's that's probably one of the worst performing EM currencies of the last month. So... Can you tell our our listeners, what's the broader picture? The
2: broader picture is U.S. domestic and foreign policy. And this has been driving the dollar in the last 18 months. So the big surprise for most of us in the markets has been that the dollar actually depreciated all the way into January, February of this year, since the beginning of 2017. And was loving that, wasn't it? Absolutely. And this is the problem. We were discussing this before, is that central banks and EM are faced with these inflows. In the GBI EM index of J.P. Morgan, in other words the, the real index that most people use on the local currency side, you've got a yield of 6%. Yeah. Uh, so if the dollar is just going one way, in other words depreciating, what do you do? You buy these assets of right. course. And as a pension fund in Western Europe or the United States, you need these returns to yes. pay for an aging population in most of the countries in, in developing so-called uh, developed markets. But in right? a very quick period of time they're all on the wrong side of that now, aren't they? Um, look, you do it as long as it lasts, essentially. And at some stage, you're bound to get that reaction. But you have to think on a long, long-term long uh, view, especially as a pension fund. Right. Uh, if you're being benchmarked according to an index from January to December, that's a different issue. And you have to try and adjust those positions before uh, the rat comes. But it's very clearly here this is about the us dollar and nothing else okay
1: i asked about where is immune it looks like asia hasn't quite felt this em sell off that's that's for good fundamental reasons really isn't it it's about current account surpluses and and you know people yeah, just yes, like
2: that absolutely absolutely and i mean i think you've seen in the last 12 18 months in mean, uh, places like korea for example um, being more driven by geopolitical noise uh, r- rather than you know the dollar for example but now with the turn in the dollar you do see those currencies being hit. Not as much maybe now, but you will definitely see that coming up. Like you mentioned with the likes of the Slotty, um Indonesian rupiah obviously being hit more uh, than the others. Why? Because non-resident ownership of local currency bonds, around 40%. Um, So it is one of the highest ratios in emerging markets. So you'll classically see uh, a reaction in those higher beta currencies uh, when the dollar does
1: move. Okay. So looking at the fundamentals, did we overplay how well emerging market fundamentals looked or are they still pretty sound?
2: Just to be precise here, I think that emerging market fundamentals in general are, are actually very good. I mean, if you look at the uh, debt-to-GDP levels of public sectors, uh, actually the IMF's just adjusted the figures below 50%, uh, whereas developed countries have a debt-to-public sector, debt-to-GDP ratios of over 100%. Now, the issue here is obviously the currencies in in emerging markets get much more hit than they do usually in in developed countries but one fundamental assumption here and which i think is is wrong is that countries like portugal for example or italy for example greece as we've seen in the past always the assumption was that these countries will forever remain in the eurozone and actually the external debt to GDP ratios in a number of these countries are way above those uh, in emerging markets so if I if I were to show you a chart EM is really uh, at the bottom level you're talking about 30 40 percent external debt to GDP ratios
1: all very good um, which the risk though is that the central banks might end up overreacting to the declines in their their currencies what what, what should they be thinking of very difficult um, once the dollar moves
2: are really very exogenous. As a central bank in EM, individual central bank, you can't do anything about it. You can create swap lines with, for example, the Fed, as was done with Brazil and Mexico in the past, or, for example, with the PBOC, with the Chinese central bank, all these type of things. But at the end of the day, if the dollar is going... in in an appreciation direction, there is very little you can do as an individual central bank, uh, except for hope that it uh,
1: stops at some stage. Simon, I've been doing this podcast long enough to remember previous emerging market sell-offs. Apparently, there's been five, or this is the fifth, (laughs) since 2011. So what does this one resemble compared to previous ones? This might help us answer how long is this going to last? It is a tough one because if you look at inflows into emerging market
2: bond funds, for example, uh, year to date, they've been higher than back in 2013 when the Bernanke tapering uh, announcement came. That was May 2013. So I think it's very different now because fundamentals in general, in my opinion, are better than than they were back then. But if we do see the dollar continuing uh, to appreciate, you will continue to see the reaction on the EMFX side until it stops. Yes. Uh, and uh, there is really little one can do. But this is a fact of life. Yes. And um, uh, and we're all watching the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield, which touched 3.1 percent, for example, all of these things, dollar, uh, U.S. Treasury yield. And also the
1: oil prices. One final question, Simon. Do you remember when former Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen decided not to raise interest rates because of her concern about the broader global economy? In particular, she mentioned emerging markets. Is there the prospect of that being repeated?
2: Absolutely. And I was actually going to touch on that point. I think it's a very important point. Uh, If you go back to September 2013 and look at Mr. Bernanke's transcript, uh, there was a French journalist who asked right at the end, he said, Mr. Bernanke, what about emerging markets? And you look at that transcript, it's one and a half pages where he said, you know, so he felt so happy that somebody had asked it, because they couldn't officially at that time really say, well, you know, EM is really going to have a kickback function or or effect on our rate hikes. So that was the first time he said, we're really looking into EM, etc. And then Mrs. Yellen, as you say, she was the first to actually officially uh, admit that they're doing this. The Fed is definitely looking at emerging markets, the reaction function to any rate hikes. And I think given that EM makes such a large portion, makes up for such a large portion of the global economy now, a function of the 2008 crisis, uh, the Fed and other central banks in developed
1: markets simply cannot ignore that kickback function. Wait and see. My thanks to Simon Kahana Evans at Legal and General. So, can emerging market currencies hold back the tide or are they going to be swallowed up by further dollar strength? Join us again next week. Until then, keep up to date on FT.com forward slash markets. From hard currency, it's goodbye.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.